Welcome everyone to the Denamo Abroad podcast, where we talk about anything and everything Denamo Kiev related. I'm your host, Alex Lishik, and joining us as usual from across the pond is Dima. How's it going, Dima? Yeah, it's going going good. It's going well. How are you? How are you? I'm, I'm not too bad. Are you enjoying the World Cup quarterfinals on the way tomorrow? I've, I've barely paid attention to it, honestly. I've been so busy with other things, I've barely paid it. Then there's a fact Ukraine didn't make it, and there's not even any Dynamo players there. So there is literally no incentive at all for me to watch. Well, it's funny you mentioned Dynamo players at the World Cup, as this is the first World Cup since 2002, where there are no Dynamo players taking part. There's an ex-Dynamo player taking part, but there are no current Dynamo players taking part. Who's the ex-player then? Vida. Who's the ex-player? Vida. Oh, of course, yeah. It's the fact that he's barely played this World Cup. I don't think he's played at all, because I think... I don't think... No, he's not played at all, There's Guardiola. There's Guardiola. That scumbag from a certain team to the east who will remain nameless. Yeah. yeah. There's someone else there. I thought that is um isn't there someone else who's playing? Who not never mind. I was just trying to think who else plays center back for Croatia. Uh anyway. Is that is, that, is it that guy who played at Dortmund, whatever his name was? Uh Pongracic. Yeah, no. I think so. Was is that him? him? That, um, I know he played for Dortmund, but I don't know if he's the one. Playing for Croatia. Listen, I digress. Um, God knows. Yeah, on to today's show. So, Dinamo, as you may or may not know, we're on winter break, so uh, the UPL will not be continuing till March. And uh, Dinamo did not qualify for European qualification for the spring, so there's no uh, European games to preview there. But Dima, Eric, and I thought it would be a cool little idea to look at Dinamo's uh, past in the World Cup. So Dima and I are going to go through some of the players from the past years. Some you may know, uh, some you may not know, some I didn't even know. But um, Dima, what year do you think was the first year the first Dinamo player was at the World Cup? Which was the first year? I'm going to guess somewhere in the 60s. All right, in 1958. So there were two Dinamo players. 50, okay, 50, okay, 58. Yeah, I would have thought somewhere around the early 60s. Early 60s, late 50s. Yeah, so, that's when the team kind of, while well, the club started, you know. Yeah. So that so there were two Dinamo players on the on another country who were made nameless roster, country that doesn't exist anymore for good for good reasons. Uh Yuri Voinov and Vladimir Yerokin. Okay, and let me preface and say I unfortunately did not know these two players before I looked them up. Uh so <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't know them either, you are not in the minority. Uh, then we move on to 62, where there were three Dinamo players in the roster. Uh, Viktor Kanevsky, who was the captain of Dinamo's first ever title winning team in 61. Dima's absolute mm. favorite Hungarian legend, Josef Sabo, was in the team oh, as well. God. And Viktor Serebjanikov. Uh, fun fact about Viktor Serebjanikov. So I have two fun facts about Dinamo players at the World Cup. Here's the first one. Viktor Serebjanikov was the first ever player in FIFA World Cup history to be substituted in a game. So there's your there's your fun Interesting. fact. Interesting. Fun In, fact of course, number one of the day. Of course, it had to be a Dynamo player, of course. And guess what? Play, the player who replaced him was also a Dynamo player. Fun fact. Uh, it was a... Uh, Anatoly Puzac. Yeah, that's, I'd be lying to you if I said I'd ever heard of him before, but... Um, then we move on to 66, where Sabo and Serebjanikov were on the roster as well, joined by Leonid Ostrovsky, Valery Porkuyan, and Viktor Banikov. Uh, Viktor Banikov has a stadium named after him in Kiev, I'm pretty sure, doesn't he? Oh, yes. That's, yeah. a, that's the Football Federation Stadium, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, because I, I want to say Viktor Banikov was the first president of the Ukrainian Football Federation. I don't... I, that's uh, what I... That's what uh, I Sounds about right. I, th- I, th- I think I've heard something like that, but I'm not too sure. Oh, oh, quick Google search. Viktor Anikov. Give me one sec. Yeah, first president of the uh, Ukraine Football Federation. So there you go. Perfect. Uh, so where are we in 1970 now? So uh, Serab Yakov was there, Vladimir Mutyan, Anatoly uh, Beshovets, Anatoly Puzac, and Vitaly Khmelnytsky. 
Uh, then we go out to 82. So the, then you'll start to recognize some of these players. Uh, Sergi Baltacha was in the 82 team. Oh, yeah. Anatoly Demjanenko was in the 82 team. Volodymyr Besanov was in the 82 team. Oleg Blochin, Andriy Bal, Leonid Buryak, Vadim Yevtushenko, and Viktor Chanov. So pretty much the core of that 80, uh, was it 86 Cup Winners Cup winning team, I think? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, so what World Cup was this? This was 82. You just... 82, because I'm yeah. just because Sofa Score, I'm sure many of you, I'm sure Alex is familiar with it. They've uh they've introduced Sofa Score ratings for World Cups from like years and years ago. Like we're talking about literally uh um like the six you got you got ratings from like the 60s. So Although Blochin had the average sofa score rating of 7.14 at that World Cup, which is could have done better, you know, in my opinion. But yeah, that's a, that's a, that's <laughs> that not... was about that was about that was about 50 years ago. So yeah, then uh, on to 86. Uh, it was 14, a lot of 50. What, what's 86. That's always, you know. 80s I said I said it was 50 years ago. How is it 50 oh. years ago? Of course oh. it's not. Um 86. Yeah, moving on. Yeah, moving so- on now to 86, which is um, you know, it's all good, you know, a lot of events in that year, but yeah. So in 86, uh some of the same characters like Besolov are there, Demyanenko, Blochin, Andri Bal, uh, then also some more Dynamo players in Ivan Yaramchuk, Pavlo Pavlo Yakovenko, Alexander Savarov. Oleg Kuznetsov, Ihor Belanov, Vasily Ratz, and future Dynamo players, Oleg Protasov and Hennady Litovchenko are in this team as well. Um, they got knocked out by Belgium, I think, in the round of 16. And I think that was the one game Lobanovsky said like he had no explanation because it was like a wild 4-3 game against Belgium, I think. They got knocked out by the round of 16. Oh, yes, yes. Yes, I think Belgium were pretty good at the time. I'm not, I'm not 100%. But... They, they finished uh, fourth in the tournament. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I think that was like team. one of their one of their better teams. Uh and I remember oh, one thing well, okay, I don't remember, but I remember my dad telling me like looking this up. Uh the they apps the Namo boys absolutely hammered Hungary 6-0 uh on one of the match days. So um yeah, this yeah. is yeah, I guess it, this was when the time when the Soviet national team was pretty much just Dynamo. Or yeah, it might as well have been. So, so there were 12 players on this team, 10 current Dynamo players, and two that uh, transferred to Dynamo for the next year in 1987. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, this was... And a lot of these players, like Zavarov, Yakovenko, uh, Yaramchuk, uh, Protasov, even Belanov, these were players at the peak of their power. So this was... Yes, exactly. If, if we're going to be honest, this is probably one of the better teams to not at least make a quarterfinal, let alone a semifinal in World Cup history. I think um, I think it must have been. I th- think, you know, just some speculation, because I have no idea what was going through their heads, but if they had a bit more national pride, for obvious reasons, you know, there probably wasn't much of that because it was, well, they were, you know, playing for a completely made-up nonsense team. But if, you know, if, if this was Ukraine, I think they, you know, if all those, if Ukraine existed at the, if, you know, if Ukraine was an independent nation at the time and they were playing for Ukraine and not the Soviet Union, I'm sure that team would have done, you know, far better. Oh, absolutely. And listen, nothing for nothing. This is also one, not even... This is just some, this is just some speculation from my part, you know. Oh, absolutely. From the Soviet Union. I think there's, there wasn't that much pride and passion, you know, the way there is for Ukraine. Yeah. And listen, nothing for nothing. Uh, what was Chernobyl was what, like two months before this? And a lot of these players based in Kiev, I don't think were, uh, you know, potentially happy with this, happy with the situation and all that stuff going on with that. So, yeah, I, uh, I can definitely, yes, that's a good, yeah, I could definitely, fair point to bring up. Yeah. I, I could definitely see there would have been some, uh, I wouldn't say fury towards the communist stories, but I wouldn't say they were, uh, they were the most prideful. Can I say? Yeah, I think that was when it was kind of starting to implode in on itself. So yeah. Um, so we move on to 1990, where again players like Besonov, Kuznetsov, Demyanenko, Ratz, Lidovchenko, Zavarov, Protasov, Yaramchuk are in this team. Viktor Chanov gets back in this team. Uh, and then there's 
I've never heard of this player until I saw him today. Achrich Sveba um, was at Dynamo for three years from 1990 to 1993. One cap for Ukraine and eight for Katsapstan. I don't, I don't know what to say further on that. Um, we move on to 1990, and there was only one. Well, there was probably more, but I only really, there was only one player I really bothered looking up because they all played for Katsapstan. Uh, was Oleh Salenko, which uh, the reason I mentioned him is because he scored five goals in one game versus Cameroon, which is still a World Cup record for most goals in one game. Right. Wow. So then we move on to a really good World Cup, 2006, uh, where oh, yes. there, there was a, this was a very good World Cup. So we'll start with the forwarders first. So this was the first time uh the Nama players did not come from Ukraine, Belarus, or stuff like that, right? So Goran Gavrancic played for Serbia Montenegro and Jerko Leko played for Croatia. So two fairly decent players. And now uh re- players that were either former Denama players or current Denama players at the time of the World Cup were Sasha Shovkovsky, Andrina Sampachny, Andrei Shevchenko, Oleg Husiev, Sergei Rebrov. Andriy Husin, Arte Boleski, Vladislav Ashuk, and Ruslan Rotan. Which, you know, there's some really big names in there, really, isn't it? And, you know, of course, um, of course, Shevchenko, of course, the, the former Dynamo player as well, who was kind of, wow, it's crazy to me that we haven't made a World Cup since literally the prime Shevchenko days. That is insane. Um, yeah. <laughs> But that's that's a different story for uh you know a, a different day. But yeah, I mean what's 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 interesting is that I'm just looking here and you know everyone remembers of course the Milevsky penalty against Switzerland. But the thing is he hadn't made his Ukraine debut before this tournament, which is <clears throat> which not. is pretty interesting. He is okay, fair enough. I'm using Wikipedia as a source. I know that's not always the most reliable but it says he, he had zero caps at the time oh. uh, before it started no kidding yeah yeah and yeah i mean loads and loads of kind of famous legendary dynamo players here yeah. um i i, I, still I didn't make... realize rotan was in here from his di- like when he was still at dynamo you know i never realized that i think that was when he like came back for like only two or three years or so i think yeah, yeah. Didn't um, really do that, that well. No. Um, I do I do maintain this team, this Ukraine team that year, because there were some other good pieces in it, you know, some other good players. Uh with if they had a different coach than Blokin, I maintain mm. to this day that they could have gone further into the tournament. Well, the thing is on paper, on paper they did well. On paper, it was a oh, yeah, absolutely, quarterfinal yeah. against for the, first ever tournament. But the football they, but the football that was played was not the best, should we say? No, no, and that's and that's you know okay. Listen, fair enough. First game you get killed by an experienced Spain team that people are saying that could go in the World Cup. Fair enough. Then you smash an Algeria team, which uh, not Algeria, excuse me, uh, Saudi Arabia team, which let's be honest, we should be beating. With that was when Rebrov scored that banger, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Uh, and Andriy Russel getting Ukraine's first goal, just bouncing off his knees in proper Druhaliha yes. fashion. That's a very, um, very random, very random player to score. He's a good <laughs> player, but very random, yeah. to be fair. Uh, and then a 1-0 win over Tunisia, which, let's be honest, I know Tunisia is always a tough team. A lot of their players do play in Europe and stuff like that, but we, sh- we should be doing a little bit better against Tunisia. There's a bit of... Of a contra, it was a bit of a dodgy game as well, I think. Well, yeah, because Shevchenko's penalty was a bit, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Dodgy. It was a bit of a, you and know, then, it was a bit of. But I just, I, I'm sorry, I have to pull up because the Soviet Union. I'm sorry, I'm not to ask them. I was just curious about how some of the Ballon d'Or winners did, but I have to say, I'm really curious about the average sofa score ratings of some of the Dynamo players. In 2006 or in general? In 2006, in 2006, yeah. exactly. Oh, so you, you know what I also remember from that 2006 game? Uh, Tunisia took a free kick at one point, and Verona, like an idiot, sticks his arm up in the middle of the wall, and it hits his arm and goes out for yeah. a corner. The ref gives a corner, and then on the replay, you see Verona, like a, the idiot he is, just sticking his arm in the air. I'm like, in the age of VAR, that's... 
10,000% a penalty, but I don't Yeah, know. it was a dodgy game. We'll leave it. That it was definitely a dodgy game. Yeah. Um, but the highest, the highest average safer score rating from that World Cup is actually a fellow from um where was where was he at this where was he at the time? He was at Shakhtar at the time. Uh we won't he he's from he's originally from Volin and he played in yes, Germany for a few. He shall remain he remain nameless. Yeah, he shall remain nameless. Kalinichenko was the second highest one. Um, he, he this is Kalinichenko did have he a had that, World He Cup. had that insane game against Saudi Arabia, didn't he? Where he yeah, was he, playing like Maradona <laughs> just out he, of nowhere, you know. He probably had to have like a 9.8 sofa score. That's what kept his rating so high. Yeah. And then Shovkovsky was the third highest. That's not uh, then no. you've got, you know, um Vashchuk probably had to be on the lower side because he uh Vashuk is the lowest. The lowest, yeah, that red card. But the lowest for you then six point two three. Now the other, you know, notable one, of course, Shevchenko, it's only a six point nine two. You know, I think people were definitely expecting a bigger contribution from him, especially think... you know, with the penalty against Switzerland where you kind of just blew it. Under I think pressure, people, arguably. I, I think people would have expected better, but I think listen, looking back at the, this, this was a blocking character, this was a blocking coach team. So I kind yeah. of feel like it's like a Lewandowski and Poland situation. At the like, end of the day, yeah, it's kind of you can't expect him to do everything. He no. did he did carry us through the qualifiers. Yeah. And um, then also if you look at it, like you have Rebrov, who's you know, beyond his better years. Kalinochenko, there's a reason he was playing for Miasa at the time and not at a proper club. Uh, Husiev became a very good player, but he was still, what, 22, 23 at the time? He was 23 at the time. Yeah, yeah. so he, he's not the Husiev that, you know, we um, remember. Yeah, that was kind of, yeah, that was his, Vorobe. I wouldn't say early dates, but that was when he was just, you know, kind of establishing himself. Vorobey again. It's not you know. He was a good player in his day, but he was was he wasn't you know the best thing. He wasn't top. He wasn't no. top quality. Then there's Alexi Bielik, which the less said about him, the better. Yeah. Um, and then there's Mileski, who, like you said, he hadn't even made his debut up to this point. So, you know this. Oh, and then there's useless Varane. So this team, like, was it was a good team. Don't get me wrong; it seems that should be it's absolutely pretty good. To work up. It's pretty good. It's you know? very good. Yeah, but I think if you build this team a little bit better, you know, around with certain pieces, um, or maybe better tactics, whatever, hundred percent is good enough. Like the midfield for this team was absolutely stacked at the time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, and I mean, that, you, I mean, listen. At the end of the day, you had a Ballon d'Or winner in that squad. Oh right? yeah. At the yeah. end of the day, and he was yeah. surrounded by you know, it's not like fools, it's not like no, it's not you know, it's not like he was playing with Shepelev in midfield. <laughs> he had some you know, he had some decent players in support, to be fair. No, I think so. This, I think this team is really good, besides some of the attacking pieces, pretty much outside of Husiev. Like the defensively, mid- I think it could have been. I think a few of the defensive players were a bit past it and a bit you know, Vashuk definitely was a bit past it, but then like. You know, Nesmachny played quite a bit at this tournament. I remember Zizanski played a bit. Russell was only 23. So the defense wasn't bad. Like I said, the midfield, yeah. was, the midfield was absolutely stacked with that certain midfielder from Volin who will remain nameless. Shalayev, Andriy Husi, an absolute legend. Uh, Nazarenko was, you know, he was only 26, even though he looked 46 at the time. Uh, and a young Ruslan. I think he was born looking 46. <laughs> um yeah, so like this team wasn't bad, just like it wasn't the most talented going forward. Like, I you know what the funny thing is, I think they played a back five as well. Very known blocking. <laughs> um, Probably even he doesn't know what he was playing. <laughs> oh man, I would love to see him back coaching the Navo if we fire Luchesco. If like we're not going to get in a proper manager, just at least oh god, just at least let's have him back, just so we can have some fun with him. So okay, this was so the lineup for the first Ukraine game. They played. I'm gonna guess a four four two, like a four four one one. So they had Shevkovsky in goal, back four. So this is how you know this was a perfectly set up team. They played a player who was naturally a center back at right back in Volodymyr Yazerski, Mashchuk, mm-hmm. Rusol Nesmachny. Midfield four from right to left was Husiev, Timoshchuk. Husin and Rotan played left midfield. That's an interesting strategy. 
and then Shalayev. Oh, sorry, not Shalayev. And then Voronin and Shevchenko were up top. Mm-hmm. Then on to the Saudi Arabia game, he changed it to a 3-5-2 with back three of Svidersky, Russo, Mismachny, Husiev, Kalachenko on the wings. And the midfield three was Rebrov, Timoshuk, Shalayev, Varada, Shevchenko up top. And that was, I'm pretty sure that was the same lineup for the last game. Yes, kind of, you know, kind of. Yeah, same lineup for the last game. Very similar. I, I think, you know, I don't think Bukhin was the experimenting kind ever. Um, but yeah, and apart from that, I'm just trying to think what more we could say, really. Um, because, of course, at the time, Dinamo. Dinamo weren't really big on foreign players. Um, I don't think the Ukrainian league was anywhere near like established enough to the outside, um, to, you know, to the outside world to have a lot of, you know, higher profile players come over like we did see in the um, next few World Cups. But yeah, that was kind of when it was getting started. You know, the uh, the Dinamo situation under Surkis were we that we all know and love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this relating is when you, to players in terms of their reputation, but yeah, th- this is when you, we could say really. For yeah, the this is one, I guess. this is when you start to see a manifest because this is when Wax Tap gets more investment. I think that at least around this time starts to get more investment. So yes, um, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, so when it was, it was going yeah, on. Yeah, so this was um, an interesting time. We'll we'll just leave it at that. Uh, we move on to two thousand six. Uh, excuse me, 2010, where there were only two Dinamo player, current Dinamo players at the time, which were Ayila Yusuf of Nigeria and Milos Nimkovic of Serbia. But uh, you were saying also Taive Taiwo was also at the World Cup, right? Who eventually played for Well, the, the, this is this is what I'd like to say a bit more on. So while that World Cup, um, Yusuf was, he was kind of, didn't we loan him to Middle East at one point? Yes, and I think like 20, I think 2013, but I still have no idea if we did that because just to give him And he minutes, scored against us. He, he bloody scored against us as well. In the cup. In the cup, yeah. But I don't know if we did that because he was crap and Metalis just needed players, or was he actually still decent, but there was no place for him in the squad and Metalis... Uh, Honestly, just, no, it's a mystery. He was all over the place. He played for the Dynamo 2 side. He was loaned out. And the thing is, he was with us for a good 10 years or so, really, yeah, wasn't he? He joined us in 2003. Jesus. He was, you know, you'd think the guy's a legend. <laughs> uh, Ninkovic as well, who's kind of outed himself as a Vatnik. Um, oh, as he? Is, yeah, I think I think when on the 24th of February, right, I think all he posted on his story was just uh, a cryptic post about NATO bombing Serbia. So, oh, you know, make of... Make of that what you will. But no, but the interesting thing is, right, when you look deeper into that Nigeria team, they have Brown Ideye. We all we all know who Brown Ideye mm-hmm. is. He similar story to Milevsky, uh, hadn't hadn't made his debut. And also they had Lukman Aruna in that team as well, which was which is definitely interesting because he was only 19 at the time. Mm-hmm. But I think he was seen quite a good prospect. Um God knows where he is. Absolutely. But, uh, I was just I, I had just started Googling it. That's one that God will forever man. that's one player who will forever remain like a mystery to me. Like I would honestly need to ask, like, I don't know, one of the players in there who played there, like, what the hell happened I don't, to that guy? He was he was like he was okay, but I think he wasn't outstanding in anything, you know. I mean, like he was pretty. He was good. He was good, but he I had don't a hell think of he a was shot on him. Top. Huh? He had a hell of a shot on him. He could. Sh- yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, we know from that. If anyone remembers the goal against Sivastopol, anyway. Uh-huh. Like, um, but, but I think like he's one of those guys. Like, if again, if maybe so, he's what twenty two when blogging gets hired. If you know, maybe he gets a better manager from the off. Maybe something, but again, Rebrov, I think, is the one who got rid of him, sent him on loan to yeah. He got he was the one that got he sent off to um, Verla, wasn't yeah, it? yeah, and Gloria Zakarpatia. Um, you've got to, you um, know, and then of course, we have in the very same that this is a Dinamo oriented Nigeria team here because we also have the absolute Dinamo legend, Taye Taiwo, as well. Oh, my absolute gosh. legend. Throwback to the 2012-13 season. Oh, so Nigerian Roberto Carlos. Yeah. So hold on. Lukman Arilna 
He last played for Ararat Yerevan when his contract ended in 2020. And he hasn't found a club since. And he he can't even be he can't be that old. He's 32. He's not that. He's he's 30. Yeah, I was gonna say he must be like 30 something. At, yeah. uh, you know, early 30s. Um, but yeah, and looking at, I just want to have a look quickly. Daivo, Yusuf, and they had a pretty subpar tournament. And Aruna kind of had his, not his breakout, but he had a decent enough um, tournament for his, um, for his age. And um, I think the last, the last, I save Dinamo player, but the last future Dinamo player was actually Miguel Veloso, who played. Oh, was he um, at that tournament? Portugal. He was at that tournament. Oh, yeah, I think this that. was when he, he was back at, he was, he was still at Sporting at the time. Mm-hmm. Um Got an assist against North Korea, you know. Who didn't get an assist against North Korea for Portugal? <laughs> Did they beat them by like 41 to nil or something like that, or 42? Well, no, because on North Korea, the state CD, they won the whole thing. Oh, so, yeah, I forgot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As far as I'm concerned, he's the best player in the world for getting an assist yeah. against them. Um, Not that oh, he isn't anyway, but... Oh, do you, uh, real quick, on to Taiwan Taiwan, before we move on to 2014, he actually played in the United States in, like, some amateur team out in California for, like, two oh, seasons. Oh, did he? Yeah, of for Palm Beach Stars. But I remember, like, seeing that on Twitter once, and I'm like, man, what is – and, I, you know, it's funny. On uh, his uh, – when they announced him, and they – on the article, they listed, like, okay, he played for, like, Marseille, AC Milan, Queens Park Rangers. They literally just did not include Dinamo. I'm like, the, my guy made 20 appearances when, like, the Ukrainian league was still a very good league. So, you know, st- stay that's, in your lane. Stay, stay in your lane. That's about 19 more. About 19 more than I'd give him. But, yeah, <laughs> disrespect is mad. Oh, do, hang on, hang on. Before we move on, do you know what I've just spotted? Do you wow. know who else was in that 2010 Serbia squad? Who? Radosav Petrovic. No. Oh, my yeah. God. Another yeah. absolute legend, man. Yeah, that was that was a young Serbian team, man. Because like Zdravkov, Kuzmanovic, he I remember was linked to Dynamo Kiev. It felt like no, you're right. Actually, it is quite young. Yeah, like we've seen a lot of. I remember. I think it was the first Rebrov summer, so 2014 or 2015. I remember, like it felt like every week, like Kuzma. I was seeing something about Kuzmanovic to Dynamo to replace like Vukovic or whatever. But um, I remember. What's what's their goal? What's that? What's that Serbian goalkeeper called? Hang on, I'm just going to look at the Serbian national team because which, the, which the one? one player, the um, he's not the guy that he's not Milinkovic Savic. He's not. It's not that one. It's not the oh. guy who let in five goals either. Rajkovic. They've got that other guy. Rajkovic. Sorry, Rajkovic. Yes, Rajkovic. Yeah, he kept he... getting linked with us as yeah. well. I remember that because he played for um, Maccabi Tel Aviv. He was. He was yeah, actually. He... he was a good yeah. keeper. To be fair to him. He was he is known as a big talent then, so yeah, I know. think he plays in like France or Spain's top flight, which I mean listen. I think he's a, I think he's having you know, just looking at his stats, I think he's had a decent season. He's on a red card because of course he is, but yeah. um Welcome yeah. to the Balkans. Um on to twenty fourteen. Uh we had Ogunyan Vukojevic and Domogoyvira from Croatia, Jeremy Lenz from the Netherlands, Admir Mehmedi, although he was he was at Friday on from Dinamo. And uh, who played for Portugal, Dima, from Dinamo? Uh, the GOAT, of course, Miguel Veloso, who played at left-back, funnily enough, that tournament. I remember I remember that. That was... I remember that because I think he played left-back for us once at that stage. Yeah. I remember, he, I remember he just played at left-back once because... Whoever was injured, I don't even remember. And what, he filled in. I was like, "Oh, this is this is interesting." Wasn't that and also like a, a cup game as well? I think I don't even think that was like a regular. I, let me try because I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to remember who who it was against, but I definitely remember it was under Rebrov, and he played at left back. I think it might have been against Carpate. Oh, my... you know what? You might be right. I think it might have been against Carpate, and he played. Because they not got knocked out in the group stage that 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 year, didn't they? Yeah, because they finished sure. behind. Uh, yeah, they finished behind Germany in the United States. And I think, yeah. Oh no, no, no! It wasn't in the cup. It was in the Premier League. That he did play left back. It was against 
So you just love, you got to love when you click on one thing and it starts displaying the other because I'm now looking at his overall stats in all positions. There we go, left back. <clears throat> so he played in Hoverla, Hoverla, not Carpate. Hoverla uh, away or home? Away. Away. So was that 2014 15? It was 20. I was wrong. It's after the World Cup. So um, yeah. Hoverla away. So 20. Did we win that game? It was 4 0. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one I was thinking. Not what I'd call it. It's not what I'd call a close game. This one, yeah, um, but um, yeah, it looks like I, I think he, off my memory, looks cool as always. So that was so that was that was that, and then I think he had a decent enough tournament to be fair to him. Yeah, but it's Lens to be fair to him because I mean he played quite a bit that they tournament. Got, he did, yeah. He he definitely he started a few times as well. He started in a few of the bigger games, I think, and when it was. Who did they go to extra time against? Argentina. Argent was it Argentina? Maybe. Yeah, they got knocked out by Argentina. First of all, about Germain Lenz, why the hell is he in the French third division, or is it fourth? Uh, I think it's third. And why the hell is he wearing the number four? Why? Um, this listen. The answer to those questions, I'm still trying to figure out. Why did he leave Dinamo? To go to relegation threat in Sunderland. Yes. Uh, I must say, however, though, although Lens is at the third in the third tier of French football, he, the badge of their football club is quite nice at Versailles FC. So yes, there, that's there right. is a, it is a quite it is a decent badge. And I remember it wasn't against Argentina; it was against uh, Costa Rica that he came on as a sub. Oh, yeah, that's right, because that game did go to penalties as well. Yeah, yeah. that was when they subbed Tim Krul on for penalties. That's right, for, for Jasper Sillison. Yeah, yeah. That's right, that's right. Um, is there anything else we need to say about the rest of the players? Admir Mehmedi, uh, or... I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to, because honestly, I have no idea. I just want to look at their stats, how they do, because it's quite interesting, to be fair, how it's... Available. Mikhmedi played in three of the, he started three of the games to be fair to him and he even scored a goal. Did he really? Yeah. Okay. Against, fair enough. Uh, Ecuador, I believe. That's a, not and a bad then, team. And then you've got, you know, from Croatia, like you said, you've got Vukovic and Vida. Vida. But I feel like yeah. by, by that point, Vukovic was like never playing. Uh, he, he, he played a little bit that 13-14 season, but wasn't he uh, loaned out the year before to Miasa, I think? I think that, God, what, what what the hell kind of, what, what kind of a move was that? I don't, know, was that I, I, I don't know what you could have going on in your brain thinking that it's a good idea to do anything with that football club, but let um, alone sending them a player with, in return of nothing. Right, right. Um. So on to 2018, you, Danabo only had one current player and one player who used to play for the club. Uh, Josip Pivaric actually played quite a bit for Croatia. I think he even came on in the World Cup final. No, he, 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 I thought he, he definitely came on against England. I remember I, that game. I'm pretty sure it was like a guaranteed sub, like, like clockwork, like Ivan Strinic, who actually, funnily enough, ex pro player, would play like, 60 minutes and then would get subbed off for Pivaric like every game. And that's what it felt like. I yes, was great yes. Um, and Tima, is there did Vida do anything notable in that World Cup? Like, I can't, I don't oh, think so. Oh man, oh man, did I mean, Vida, what an absolute, what an absolute legend for that, for that game against Russia. What an absolute legend. Not only did he I score mean, against I, I, them, not only what, did he what score a legend. against them. But yes, his his uh, I don't want to say behavior because that feels too negative. But his uh, his rhetoric or his oh, actions I after forgot. the game. I forgot about that. Yes, when him and Vukovic were celebrating. Yeah, of course. Yes, yes, yes. Of course. Yeah. Man, I forgot all about that. Um, yeah, when they said Slava Ukraina, the wins for Dynamo in Ukraine. Man. Man, that was insane. I think Vukovic, I think they were forced to apologize after that because of I, course I, they were. I think they were forced to apologize. And I think uh, he got, I think 
Koyaj got sacked or like he was told after no, he, he got sent home. Yeah, I think he I think he sent. wasn't there anymore. But yeah. man, when Vida when Vida scored against Russia, man, I, I lost it. I went absolutely crazy. I was like, but, yeah, that's my that's you know. But but you know what though? Hundred percent they knew what they were doing. They did, of course. They they they, they, they knew hundred percent. And you know what? I think if you were to ask them if they would do it again, hundred percent they would do it again. Of course. Of course. And then uh, we move on to 2022 World Cup, where um, the only at one point Dinamo player is uh, Domagoivida. Um, again. Again. And he's barely, well, he hasn't played. He hasn't played. Um, he hasn't played. So, Dima, uh, we're going to set ourselves a challenge right now. With all of these players, we have to do a best 11. Jesus Christ! I, no, let's start. Oh. Let's start a goalkeeper. That's the easy one. You've probably got to say Shavkovsky, yeah. Yeah, because it, 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 go. got, it's a nice and easy choice, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, what formation do you want to play? I'm thinking a three-four-three. We've got to listen. At the end of the day, we've definitely got to. The thing is, though, we've definitely got to accommodate three three players walk into it. You know, the three Ballon d'Or winners, they walk into it, you know, no no debate at all. So you want to make that front, the front three from the beginning? You could do. I think, I mean, yeah, yeah. Makes, I, makes the most sense. So I would say we would make the front three uh, blocking Belenov on the wing, Shevchenko through the middle, right? So yeah, now... I, I mean, that's just, the, that's just the simplest, really, isn't it? Yeah. Now, who would be your three defenders? Um, I think I personally would go. I would go, probably was. This is Taya Taibo. Taya Taibo has got to be in that team. I I think I think Vida might have to be in the team, just because his for the goal, just for the goal, and and the post game celebration. I think he has to be in the team. Uh. I think, oh man, it's going to be someone from the '80s, isn't it? From that's going to be in the defense with this. Yeah, uh, Baltacha, you probably got got to say. Yeah, Baltacha, and maybe Besalov. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, let's start before we do. Let's do center midfielders next. I would lean. See, I'm trying to remember. See, I can't. I haven't got because it'd be really easy to just say oh it's one of the soviet teams because they were you know they were bloody yeah. good at the end of the day but i just yeah. feel like i just feel like it's not interesting enough you know i, I just would, feel like you could just i was gonna go veloso and Husi. that's my midfield partnership hey man that works that works i'm trying to because the thing is we, we could go for all soviet players because probably probably it's going to be very close to that but you've just got to oh, say yeah. you know to make it more interesting You've got to say, yeah, I would say, let's have a look at the, because off the top of my head, I can't remember the 2006 one. I think Hussein is definitely a fair shout, though. Because there's no one else really from the 2016 that we could put. And then the only other people I could think to maybe put in that midfield is like, I wouldn't even put Yaramchuk or Yakovenko because Buryak, Leonid Buryak, 100% gets in the team over those two. Yes. Yes, yes, um, absolutely. Maybe Zavaro, but he was more of an attacking midfielder. We like this team is attacking enough with the Ballon d'Or winners up top. Yeah, but it's just you know, all there's so many like there's so many players from that period where you just say you've got to choose them, you know. But do you know who? Do you know who the one? Do you know who the one I would put in if who? we're gonna do a three four three? I reckon Husim has to be in there. Yeah, yeah. If you're I, playing I, a three yeah. four three. Mm-hmm. But I think I, the only aside, the only aside on Husin is that he wasn't technically at Dynamo at the time uh, of, of his World Cup. He was a Krylia Sovietov. True. So do you want to do players, Dynamo players in total at the World Cup or that they had to be playing for Dynamo at the time? Uh, because if we're going to do in general, Dynamo... You know what? Let's just, let's say, let's say Dynamo players at the time is probably... All right, so then if we're going to do that, so Husin, of course, was at Krylia Sovietov. So then I would go for Buryak and Velozov. Hey, man, that's, that's, that's like a dream midfield. 
Yeah, I, they'd have trouble with Chappelle even on the Rievsky, but you know. If if Buryak becomes, uh, sorry, if Veloso becomes the manager, I just hope he's better than Buryak. That's all. Oh my gosh! Imagine he isn't he doing his coaching badges now? He's doing the coaching. Yeah, you know he might he might well become a coach, but he's um he is doing his coaching license at the moment. I think judging off his Instagram stories, anyway. Um, so uh, now, now we need two only, wing backs. Oh, we've got. We've got a, I think. I think you've got to put Husev in there purely because of his suitability for mm-hmm. that. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, who else? Who else can we really? Femyanenko at left wing back. He was captain of the Soviet team in '86. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. But that's also, fair. like, because I, I can't think of anything else. Like, I'm not going to put, you know. This Smachny, okay, he's he's a he was a great player, but you know, is he? You could say you could that he that's a fair, that's a fair point to be fair. This Smachny, well, I'm and I'm not sure he's that. I'm not sure he was that good. But um, that's but like, or, yeah, rather as good. That's what I was gonna say. I think Nyan, he's a good player, but I don't think he's the Nyanenko's level. That's the only problem. Yeah, that's that's the thing, and I've... I, I'm I think. Say... I was all, I almost said Duvaric then, but I don't think he's. No, <laughs> I don't no. think he quite if, makes if, it into the team. If, if he had a, um, if he had a, uh, what is it? What uh, if he had a V that moment? Then maybe. I think he had a goal line clearance. To be fair to him. Oh, did he? Yeah, against England, I remember that. Oh, that's fair. But um, I think the the bench would definitely be stacked. Oh, the bench would definitely. be stacked. I mean, you know, like, I think we would honestly have trouble if we had to, let's say, come up with, because what's on a roster nowadays, 26 at the World Cup. This would be a yeah. very difficult 26. It's like, very. for example, like someone very. like Oleg Salenko. Okay, he wasn't really a developmental legend, but if we're talking about a World Cup, the man is the only player in a World Cup game to score five goals. So, like, you kind you know. Um, yeah, yeah, for that, for that, you know. For that alone. For those facts. In, you know. I um, think people, even people like, Lens, I think, would probably make the bench. Oh, for sure, absolutely, yeah. You know, um, this would this would be a pretty stacked twenty six, but we're not going to do a full twenty six. Uh, so, do you, do you agree with Demyanenko at left at left wing back? Yeah, you probably got to him him slash Nesmachny for me, but probably in terms of in terms of you know recency bias, probably uh, Nismachny, but in terms of, you know, who's the actual better player, of course, it's got to have to be uh, Demyanenko. So, let's go through the team again. A 3-4-3, three, three, uh, left, uh, sorry, goalkeeper Shavkovsky, back three of Baltacha, Besonov, and Vida, uh, Husin, uh, sorry, Buryak and Voloza in midfield, wingbacks are Husiev and Demyanenko, and the front three are Shevchenko, in the middle and on the wings of Blokhin and Belenov. Sounds like that would be a pretty capable team playing in the top of there. And uh, who would coach this team, Dima, if we had to choose a coach for this team? Oh, it's got to be Oleg Blokhin. <laughs> you honestly got me there for a sec. You honestly got me there. Very uh, disappointed well, myself. Go. The, the, one, the one and only Lobanovsky, of yeah, course. I mean, this of team, course. yeah. Well, hopefully, hopefully, Rebrov will somehow get this Ukrainian team to this Ukraine team to the to the World Cup. Hopefully, and listen, we're not going to get too into because twenty twenty six is three and a half years away. Which, and funnily enough, it's going to be in the United States. But yeah, you never I, know. You never really know what's going to be there. Yeah, but I see no reason why this Ukraine team should not qualify for the. Uh, for the World Cup in 2026, I, I, especially it's a thing is right time. now though. Right now, I think I, I don't know. Right now, I think it's a bit of a dodgy team to be honest with you. I think now it's a dodgy team where I think 20. I you know what I foresee. So do you remember how 2018 we kind of struggled through qualifying and then for the World Cup of 2018 and then 2020 Euro qualifying we really turned it on. Yes, that's I true. Think, I think well, you're going to see that. I think you're going to see yeah. that now. Real quick, I just want to make this point where I think 2024 Euro qualifying is going to be a really dodgy team where you see yeah. some really not great moments again, you know, in qualifying for the Euros. Because the 24 teams get in, they may sneak in, they may not. But I, I think what you're going to see is you're going to see a lot of younger guys getting more experience. So then when 2026 qualifying comes around and 
2025, you see a much more experienced team. Like, you know, I, I think you could make an argument, for example, someone like Yadam Chuk probably shouldn't be in the national team right now. Where you have probably players like Dovbik, Sikan, even Vanat could get in the team. So I think this team... At the end of the day, it's just his reputation, isn't it? Yeah, and I, so I think... He's a player abroad. But I'm not going to lie, though. What a massive L he took by going to Brugge. What what oh, kind of a decision was that? Just, it didn't make any... He record signing for Brugge, I think, or one of their top record signings as well. No, I think he is their record signing, he I think. Is. And he doesn't even start. Has so he scored? he doesn't start. He went... So, first of all, he went back to the league he came from after a year. He doesn't start. His... The club that made him, you know, let's, you know, let's be honest here, Gent, Gent kind of made him. Now all their fans hate him. Yep. They're, you know, massive rivals. And, um, yeah, let's see where this goes. Yeah. And now he's injured on top of that, which, does, which you know, it's never useful. No. So that, that's my big thing, though, for this Euro qualifying that's coming up. I would want to see Ukraine use it as a way to prepare and give a lot of the young guys preparation for 2026 qualifying so for example i would much rather see ignatenko start a game over stepanenko and sidorchuk because just well, still, well him... no that not a chance in hell stepanenko and sidorchuk can be in that team for me i'm not saying they're in the team for 2026 i don't mind if they're going to be on the bench next year but if i think we have to use everything or the qualifiers to... next year yeah, for no, for the Euros. I'm saying we use the Euro qualifiers. As oh, a way for the Euro. For the oh, oh, oh I, thought, I thought you meant the World Cup. Okay, no, I was no, gonna no, no, say. No. Yeah. So, so but I don't. To be fair, I th- I think, I think it's it is probably best to let go of players like Sudorchuk, to be honest. I, I, I and Karavayev. I just don't think they bring enough to the. No. You know. You, you know, I honestly, if we're let's say if we call up two defensive midfielders, you know, to every national team camp, I would much rather take. Instead of Stepanenko and Sidorchuk, I'd much rather take Ignatenko and Brashko. That is fair. That is fair. And now, listen, if you want to call maybe Stepanenko to have an older head, but I don't want to see both Stepanenko and Sidorchuk get no, into that. Sidorchuk for me, he can't, he can't be in this you know, team. For I wouldn't. Me, I, I, I just don't. No. And like, I don't need to see Serhi Krivtsov in the Zbirna anymore. I'd rather use, I'd oh, rather see. No, no, no. Give me Zabarni. You know, let's actually, move on. Give actually two years. You could argue Zabarni probably doesn't even deserve a spot in Zabirna right now. Um, but I'd rather oh, see God. like Kacharama. Well, right now, no Dynamo player deserves. Yeah. Or like I don't, I don't even want to think about seeing like you, you know who could be Deadwood already for Zbirna Tsigankov. Yeah, well, he'll probably still. Oh no, he won't be here though, will he? He he he's probably leaving, isn't he? Yeah. Actually, to be fair, I would. I'm gonna be. I would. I don't know how I'm going to feel if he goes abroad and actually starts performing well. I don't know how I'm going to feel about that. Well, that will be, you know, I'll be, I'll be happy if that happens for him. But I just, you know, with what I've seen from him here against foreign teams, I mean, why is he going to start performing against if he can't perform against this these teams now? Why is he going to, you know, what's going to change? I'm just trying to think of any other players. Like, so you know, who would be like players like Bondarenko need to get good minutes in Euro qualifying. Sudakov need to get good minutes in Euro qualifying. Yeah. Um, actually, probably the one position Dynamo has, uh, sorry, Zbirna has pretty stacked is actually probably left back. Who, oh, okay. Mikolenko, yeah. Kornienko, although he's injured, and Dubinchak is useful at worst. That's true. That's true. So, Kornienko is always injured, though. Always injured. Um, oh, and Mikhailichenko actually doesn't look terrible for wax tap, especially in the European competitions. Yeah, well, um, a snake's a snake, but, you know, he. to be fair to him, I, I think he's been doing all right. And, uh, and listen, maybe even, listen, Vivcharas is going to be 24 at that tournament, so maybe he, you know, puts himself in the if position. By some, where... Yeah, if, listen, if by some... Um, if by some miracle he actually becomes good at one thing in particular, <laughs> then we'll maybe. Um, but yeah, so on, on that note, uh, I think that's going to bring our show to an end. Uh, Dima, if anyone would want to contact you, uh, how could they do that? Yeah, find me on uh, 1927 Dima, as always. Uh, who are you picking to win the World Cup with the quarterfinal starting tomorrow? <sighs> So let me let me have a look at who's because honestly in my in my head I don't I don't even know who's still in it. I'm gonna say it, I don't think England are gonna win it. Okay. Um, you've got to say the teams in, that are left in here. 
mean, Morocco, it'll be a, you know, a miracle if they somehow make it. Um, Portugal, I don't think, are going to win it. I think it's probably between France and Brazil for me. Yeah, I think I, they're just so, those teams. Those teams are just so so stacked in terms of you know talent. Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's going to be one of France, Brazil, or Argentina. Argentina just because of the Messi factor. I think for, I think Argentina. I, 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 I just I don't I'm not entirely sure about. I them. think I think they may hit a brick wall at some point, but uh, yeah, yeah, Brazil, Ar- I'm Brazil, just and not France. convinced. That'd be a, a very enticing final to watch, Brazil versus. France. But that's if the, the France might not make it past England. It would be very England. That's of, true. It'd be like it'd be it would be very typical of England to beat France somehow, like from some like jammy header or penalty <laughs> or something, and then yeah. and then blow it against Morocco or some something. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I I would agree with that. Though I think one of France. Brazil, maybe, maybe I'm leaning towards. I'm leaning. I'm leaning towards Brazil. They I'm do honest, look good, though. They do look very good. And then they I think good. outside of Brazil and you know France, those are probably the top two. You know, the, the only way, way I don't know. I think the only way that would cement Brazil's chance for me if they called up Vitor Bueno and Cheche and City Clay. City Clay. You know what? I do. I don't God know where we found these. Listen, actually, okay. I didn't know where to go from there, but the only thing I'm going to say is Cheche wasn't the worst player. Nah, he, nah they, weren't, they weren't that bad. They weren't that bad. I think even Buena would probably have been a better option than, you know, a few of the players that were actually playing. CD anyway. Clay in this era UPL was probably the perfect backup left back. But, he was a, I mean, he, he had good technique from my memory. But which would, is more than I can, which for, which is a lot more uh, than I can say for many of these players. Um, but he would get absolutely exposed back in the UPL glory days of like 2012, 2013. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So on that note, if you want to also contact the show, uh, our DMs are open on Twitter. You can find us there at Denamo Abroad. And if you want to send an email to the show, you could do that. Uh, send us an email over at denamoabroadpodcast at gmail.com. Well, from everyone here at Denamo Abroad, Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.